1: Ticket. Michigan Insider Podcast is brought to you in part by defense attorney and WTKA legal insider Joe Simon. Find Joe at the Michigandefenders.com.
0: Now, the rain in the grand scheme of things is a terrible song. He said, Yeah, I missed you. I missed you so much, I followed you. <laughs> ah, it's a terrible song, but the part made me think of, of, uh, Sounds of a little tigers. stalkerish. <laughs> His girlfriend, she came home. She said, "I miss you." He said, "I missed you too. I missed you so much. I followed you. I saw you with somebody." Yeah. So, what I do? I went to the bank, canceled all. I took all the money out. Then I canceled all your charge cards. <laughs> Everything in the closet, it's gone, except for what you came with. I got it packed up in a bag, and it's in the guest room. You can leave with that bag, and nothing else. <laughs> kind of what Tiger told. I don't know if she cheated on him or not. But he wanted out, and this was the way that he saw he could get out. Let's go on the trip. And
1: never come back. And never come back. So um, just real quickly, Sam, uh, advice for all the fellows out there, don't do this. <laughs> well, if you get sued for $30 million, man. Well, I, isn't that, wasn't that the reciprocation? That that's, what I,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if, it, if the result is getting sued for $30 million, but he probably figured,
1: I don't know how I'm going to get out of this any other way point is there is a more there's a better way to break up with somebody as opposed to saying hey can you go get the mail for me and then you change the (laughs) locks when they're getting the mail i mean
0: (laughs) hey man he was look
1: who who thought she
0: was going on a trip she thought she was going on a trip and her response was to sue him for 30 million that's not that just think about the extreme that that is Anyway,
1: well, maybe he should have get... said we're done, as opposed to, and then maybe it would have been only sued for fifteen million dollars. All right, let's get
0: back to this tournament. So as you break down the bracket, uh, you know the the ones who have filled it out already. I mean, those are the those are the the super diehards have been watch- that have been watching all these teams. Anyway, uh, there are a lot of these teams I haven't seen yet. I have to do uh, more research on, but I've seen enough of the majority of the teams to know. That the East is the, is the toughest region, uh, for sure. All right? Uh, my sleeper pick I've been talking about all morning, Texas AM. and uh, I like VCU. Of my uh, of my matchups of as far as the um, – what did I give the stat earlier this morning? How in 5-12 matchups going back to 1985, the 12 has won – of the time, Mr. Weintraub. So 12s are always popular upset picks. And VCU is going into this tournament as one of the hottest teams in the field. They won nine straight. They're facing the St. Mary's team that, Ira, you made this point earlier in the show. People get high on St. Mary's every single year. Pretty much every year. And they hardly ever win a game. Right. And they're actually a 5 seed this year. Uh, you're used to maybe seeing them be a little bit of a lower seed, and they're the team that they're the popular lower seed pick. Well, they're yeah, they, the high seed this year.
1: Yeah, they. I think St. Mary's has done a terrific job of riding Gonzaga's coattails for all these years in that conference, and they have elevated their status because of it. I think Bennett's a good coach. I'm not you know, dis- dismissing that, but they don't seem to show up a ton in March, and usually it's because they are supposed to lose, but even when people think they're supposed to win, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in, te- in uh in, in them at
0: the moment. I don't have a lot of faith in in Big Ten teams. I mean, I, I like, obviously you like Purdue. Who doesn't like Purdue the best? But they are in they're in a tough region. But look at the rest of the of the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan well, State doesn't
1: it fit for a middle heavy league that true. you have a one seed, a four seed, and a bunch of sevens, eights, nines, tens, elevens, whatever they are. Like it's what the it's what the conference was this year.
0: Yeah, uh, Michigan State limps into the tournament. Iowa limps into the tournament. Now they're they're playing an Auburn team that's all over the place. So they they might be able to escape the opening round uh, with with an Auburn. Both of those squads, you don't know which squad is going to show up, right? It's fitting for an 8-9 matchup, but they run into Houston in in round two. And Houston is a very popular championship pick.
1: So the question I have about Houston is, considering they lost to a team that is in an 8-9 game yesterday, they lost to Memphis, but they're shorthanded. And we don't know what Sasher's status is, and that's huge for them. They... Houston is an elite, elite defensive team, which can become a struggle, you know, that obviously goes right into what, if they get to the second round, would be Iowa's strength, is it their offense, right? But Houston really struggles to score the basketball at times, and if you're a team that struggles to score the basketball at times, and you're playing against a team that doesn't play very good defense, and then you're a good defense playing against a good offense, really interesting styles make fight thing. Iowa actually, I think, can give Houston a game. I think they would be a tough matchup for Houston if they can get that Tempo, you know, pushing a little bit. Houston wants to slow it down. Obviously, they got to get to the second game, but it makes a very, very intriguing. This field should be very wide open. The tournament in general should be very wide open. I do think Alabama probably has a a pretty good argument that it should be the number one one, and they they deserve that. But that they should be the team that everybody is picking, or most people pick, to win the championship. On the court stuff, if you Mm want to, if distractions get in the way, then anything can happen. I I understand that. It's their
0: first number one seed, and they're the number one overall. But every team,
1: and the thing is that even Alabama, every team is flawed. So the question is, it gets back to coaching and all those other things. I look, matchups are going to be so important on a day by day basis. Maybe even more. Like a lot of years, this this team is just so much more talented than that. Than you know, team X is so much more talented than team Y. This year, I don't think the talent disparity is going to be huge in almost any of these games, especially once you get past the first round, that coaching and specific matchups really are going to matter even more so than normal. Having the best player on the floor, having an elite X's and O's coach, those things, a coach that can well, get you ready on short turnaround, all those things are going to be imperative in March this the year.
0: Thing, the thing about Bama, and you know this, I mean, just the story isn't them on the court. I mean, a woman lost her life. In part because of one of his players, and then his star player, uh, you know, has uh, sort of indirect in- in- involvement—not involvement that will Im- implicate him criminally, but one involvement that has is drawn questions about judgment.
1: The question is, it's what's going to ha- come up? Is that this? Now that they're going to the national tournament, they have you know how the media availabilities are for all these things? Mm-hmm. It's going to get brought up a lot. All right? time and it's going to get brought up to the players to the coach, et cetera and the question is now we can have our own separate conversations about should they ha- you know how they handled it but that's not a part of this right now right that's a separate conversation it's how they handle the distraction of this as a team can they put it all to the side knowing that it's going to keep coming back and keep coming back if they handle it well I mean not that Oats has handled it well at all publicly from the beginning but it doesn't matter really how they handle it publicly as long as they handle it public, as long as they handle it well privately and if they do that they're going to keep on winning games
0: well from a from a pure basketball perspective cuz you're absolutely right Nate who I concede uh, and have admitted uh is is a friend I've known him for 25 I don't know how many years now 25 years 20 years uh known Nate for a long long time um have seen seen him come up through the high school ranks right he gave So his start in, in coaching I mean just have really really seen him uh rise in the profession he's a really good coach really good coach and I mean that is obscured by the tragic circumstances that as I said one of his players uh is allegedly, partially responsible for, and then, of course, is star player not criminally liable or implicated in any sort of way, but, again, raising questions. Even if even if you set those questions aside and say, hey, he has, you know, no, no, there's no responsibility whatsoever, the way that they've handled it from a leadership perspective has been atrocious. Uh, and that obscures the fact that, He's a really good ball coach. You know, any questions that people had about Nate Oates' coaching ability after taking over at Buffalo, because I the talk was, oh, well, Bobby Hurley handed him a squad. And you just they were they were good when he got it. Well, you get to Bama. You ain't get handed a squad by by Avery. It wasn't, wasn't like Bam. I mean, he's taking Bama and is taking them to unheard of heights. Yeah, never first ever number one seed and the number one overall seed in the country, and has recruited at a an extremely high level. Uh, and those guys get there and they perform. And he's going to have a lottery pick in Brandon Miller, so he can coach. The other the other things uh, he's receiving criticism for and rightfully so. I mean, gotta call it like you see it. They, they have not handled this well at all. Let's look at the women's bracket, though. How do you feel about Michigan's draw on the women's side, Mr. Weintraub?
1: So, interesting draw. Uh, I'm not necessarily surprised. We kind of expect them to be in that 5-6 range. They end up in the sixth seed in the the Greenville 2 Regional.
0: Are you ready for hard-hitting observations?
1: She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera.
0: The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today.
1: Guys, not everything is 40, Chess. Why can't we just laugh?
0: Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch.
1: We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world. Thanks to facts by Tom McDonald,
0: the Ben Shapiro show on YouTube or wherever you listen.
1: We want to explain this for everybody real quick. So there's only two regionals in the women's tournament, but there's two regionals within each regional. So there's Greenville one, Greenville two, then Seattle three and Seattle four. And so what they're doing is, and they'll have a regional each day in each site. So when you get to that part of the tournament next weekend, you'll have games on both days. But what it does, is it allows the media to be in one place or in two places instead of four. All, allows for more coverage of these events. So I really like it. And so Michigan's in the Greenville 2 Regional. They're down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Michigan UNLV on, on Friday. Will, the winner of that game will play the winner of LSU-Hawaii. On, uh, and the, the, those winners, of course, play on Sunday. Kim, we played Kim this morning, and we'll talk to her about this tomorrow. They seem to get locked in a region with Kim Mulkey all the time. She talked about it when she was at Baylor. She says they, she has seen Kim so many times. I think it even predates and goes back mm-hmm. to when she was at St. John's. She just seems to always seem to be somewhere seeing Kim Mulkey, which is the case. LSU's a really interesting team. They, they had Angel Reese coming as a transfer from Maryland. Uh, they had a really, really good year. Their first loss of the year was they got blown out by South, South Carolina, Carolina, but who doesn't get blown out by South Carolina? <laughs> right, and she
0: said it. She's like, we can't. no one can beat that team.
1: Right, and so— LSU though they didn't play anybody else all year pretty much except within the conference they had they did not their non conference was super like people talk about Michigan's football non conference yeah LSU's bas- women's basketball is similar or maybe even softer yeah. so they weren't super tested until they got the post so they got the conference play I, they've got some obviously Angel Reese a really good player they've got some really talented players I don't know a ton about them yet but I know they're I've seen them play a little bit because I watched a little bit of that South Carolina game but mainly I'm watching South Carolina not LSU. But if you're going to go on the road, I mean, if you look and see where you're going to go, you could go to, uh, let's see, what are the other threes? Notre Dame, that at least would have been a drive, and Notre Dame has an injury issue. Uh, Duke is a three. And the other three, it was Ohio State. You're not going to go to Columbus, obviously. So, you know, maybe you go to Durham or you go to South Bend instead. I would have liked South Bend because I would have driven to South Bend on Friday. I would Mm -hmm. have been there. But do I like to draw, dislike to draw? It's kind of really hard to tell. But, Sam, it's the second highest seed in program history. We have to kind of sit back and like remind ourselves that this team has only hosted once. They've only been a top whatever seed now twice, right? And so while short, falling short of some of their expectations, they're still in a really good position to go on a little run. There's no reason they can't beat UNLV and win at LSU. Michigan is healthy now, relatively speaking, right? And that's a big part of it. They haven't been as like this since January. And when they were in, like this in January, they were playing really good basketball. And Kim mentioned this also in her media avail. Last year's team, when they got the home court advantage, that was a team that was undefeated at home throughout the year. This team wasn't that team, right? This team wasn't undefeated at home. They've been pretty solid away from home. So maybe they'll thrive getting away from Ann Arbor and going to play down in Baton Rouge. So we'll see. Yeah, not, man. But not a terrible matchup.
0: And Not, not a terrible matchup. And uh, they clearly, they will know uh, they, they got to scout this particular team. But, um, you know, as far as systems go, like you said, there's a benefit of Seeing Kim Mulkey so much, <laughs> you know how how she gets down. You know what her teams do, uh, and so you know if they can uh, if they can muster that upset, uh, you know you can see them making another trip to the to the Elite Eight. But this this whole tournament feels like um, UNLV in the early nineties.
1: But they did lose. One, but, but they did lose that they UNLV did. team lost a set that second go through. They did lose. They did, but. I don't disagree. I mean, I'm looking at the bracket. First of all, South Carolina is playing in Columbia, South Carolina, and Greenville, South Carolina for four games, right? So they're going to have home court. It's going to be electric. You know how it is down there. Some they're going to pack the – the home games, obviously, the top four seeds all do that. But when they're playing in Greenville, it's going to be packed when they're playing in those games, and uh, it's going to be uh, – that will be in itself. But you look at Indiana, we seen Indiana is a really – good basketball team. They're a smart basketball team. They have inside, outside presence when they wouldn't have with, to see them till the elite eight, when they get, when they rat when, right. Michigan enough to see them to the elite eight. When you get, when they get rattled, they have Gray's burger, right? But you look at the, uh, the two seed. I don't know enough about Utah yet. Mm-hmm. I know they were in competition for a one seed, but don't know a ton about Utah yet. Uh, Virginia tech is the one seed in the Seattle three, which is the bottom right of the bracket. Uh, Ashley, Owusu, the transfer from uh, Maryland's on that squad. They've got a big, I forget her name, but she's really talented. Virginia Tech had a terrific season. But all the, you know, but that's a one seed, right? You look at UConn without Paige Beckers, they're a two seed. They'd be a one seed otherwise, and maybe it wouldn't be maybe a coronation run for USC going on. And then Iowa as a two seed along with Stanford in that Seattle Four region. Both of those teams could have been one seeds. Iowa's right on the cusp. Iowa's got that thing where you have the best player on the floor almost every game, and they will have that, except maybe in a Final Four matchup against South Carolina. So it gives you a chance, but do they play enough defense and they got bounced early last year? Is that a learning lesson, or is that a you know maybe a cautionary tale that it could happen again? The rest of the field seems like they're all trying to catch up to South Carolina. There's no question about it. But who's who can make that run? I could probably see, on quick glance, I could probably look at you know a handful of teams in each of the other brackets and all go make on a, go make a run because there's some really good teams that are ones, twos, threes, fours, maybe even fives. Like Louisville five season, Seattle four. That's a team with a lot of experience. They're not as good as they've been in the past years, but a very experienced team. No reason they can't go on a run. There are a lot of teams like that in these other regions. I just, (laughs) if I was in Greenville one, I'd be like, "Ah, I'm really mad. (laughs) Yeah. that bracket came out, I would not want to be. I'm sure every coach in America was saying any region, but South Carolina's
0: (laughs) (laughs) right. And so they are the overwhelming favorite to win. And I'm sure there were some years where it was like that with UConn, with UConn. Of course, this just feels like it's a cut above that even. I mean, they definitely have Calhoun shook all this, all of the mess. He's talk, he talks about Don Staley, which brings her up. What about Don Staley as the next coach at Georgetown? She could do it. She could do it. She could do it.
1: I brought up Don Staley. I was having a conversation with Gracie the other day because we were talking about great players we've seen in person, college players we've seen in person. And so she was talking about, she would mentioned Kitlin Clark, and I was like, and I said, yeah, she's probably the best college basketball player I've ever seen, women's player I've ever seen in person. And then I paused, and I said, nope. I saw Dawn Staley play Virginia. When she was at Virginia, they came and played Maryland to a sold-out coalfield house. It was like one versus two or top five, whatever it was, back in the early 90s. She's amazing. And she is on a very short list of female coaches that immediately command the respect of the men that she when she walks in Absolutely. the room. movie. Becky Hammond has has done has found a way to do that. And if she comes back from the WNBA eventually, then she'll See? have that respect. But there's no qu- – Dawn Staley has that from the jump. She'll walk in the room, and she will be by far the shortest person in that room. And they will all be looking at her saying, 100%. what's up, coach? Let's roll, 100%. coach. Yeah.
0: 100%. I think she would kill it. See, Becky Hammond, her her journey – she's
1: there, not true. It's a different a, journey. No, it's a different path, no question. But she's the, – they're maybe the only two women – female coaches right now in women's ba- – coaches – women coaches in women's basketball. One's obviously in the WNBA. Hammond is there now. And Dawn's in, in, the, uh, right. in college with, basketball. With her,
0: she she was able to really, really earn her stripes next to Greg Popovich. Correct. That's right. How
1: they got there differently, but and, they're
0: the only two. And but he, I, think,
1: I think she could – I think Dawn could win at Georgetown.
0: I do too. I think she would recruit right away. I think she would walk in the door. She, she would from a from a media and and attention standpoint. It would.
1: I mean, you you want to get Georgetown instant credibility? So are you bringing this up because you've read this somewhere? Or are you just no, saying it? I'm just yeah, saying. it. I don't think that they're outside the box thinkers enough to even go that direction. Uh, there's a lot of Ed Cooley, and there's a couple. I'm trying to think of the other names that they've mentioned. Ed Cooley's name keeps coming up. There's a couple other names that have been mentioned. It just
0: seems like such a, I mean, this is John Thompson's school. It seems like such a fit go and grab Dawn Staley.
1: But I'll ask you this question, and I'm not saying that she wouldn't take the opportunity, but, I mean, you again, you've been down there. You've seen how she's Queen B. I mean, in that See, town, I think she would be the thing... In the DM, at Georgetown too, though. So, you're playing games at a a, an, a cavernous NBA arena that maybe she could help fill it, but it's, a, it's not a college arena. It's not on campus. There are still things that get in... There are roadblocks, and... You could be the biggest winner in town in college basketball. Georgetown could overtake Maryland as the winning you know the top winning college basketball team in that town, and it's a huge college basketball town. She'd still be a small fish because you're behind the Commanders. You're behind like it, it's just the way it is in D.C. and in South Carolina in Columbia. Now, most women's basketball coaches in Columbia would be behind the maybe the men's coach or maybe behind the football coach, but she's queen B. Yeah. And look, that's a t- and I'm not saying that she doesn't want the challenge or she wouldn't accept it and couldn't elevate and maybe she would be a celebrity in DC, but it would not be it would not be the same. Yeah, listen.
0: Um Look, she could be totally she seemed like she was totally like satisfied, content, still challenged uh, and and not just Challenge. She's already won a championship. Now I'm not. She's still challenged to develop players. Right. This is one of the reasons why she said she never. She has no aspirations of coaching pros, be they WNBA or NBA. Because there was a lot of talk where she could go coach in the NBA. I mean, has no desire at all to do that. She said. But, men's college basketball. I I haven't heard her or anyone talk about that and just Georgetown is such a unique it's just the the parallels for her to come in and size-wise diametrically opposed to John Thompson but think of the the novelty of John Thompson being the coach there and the novelty of her being the coach there and how he was able to go and 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 really from a talent perspective be a beacon be a place to lure top 10, I think Don Staley would have the same effect.
1: That'd be really interesting. I, as I, I hadn't heard it mentioned yet. i have trying to follow that coaching search at least a little bit, and a lot of it's about, you know, retread, I, I hate to use the word retreading coaches, but whether it's an Ed Cooley or somebody Put it else. this way. I would think that you'd want someone yeah, for, that's outside the – whether it's an, a, a hot young assistant coach that has DMV ties or I'll whatever it might what, be, or, yeah, that's an interesting outside I the I
0: I think enough of Don. That if, let's say, Jawan had taken that Lakers job. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations?
1: Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it.
0: The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today.
1: Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press.
0: Ben breaks down the culture and never gives
1: an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds of the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show, on YouTube or wherever you listen.
0: I would say talk to Don Staley. You hear what I just said? I would say talk to Don Staley. So Georgetown, I think it, it'd be a, a, a slam dunk. A slam dunk. She will be successful. I am convinced because you nailed it IRA you know part of part of uh, a a new coach or, or a team being able to to get a get a team rolling is, is the buy-in and that's that's one of the biggest obstacles for for women coaching guys. Is can you get them to buy I mean, Coaches, new coaches have enough time, hard enough time getting players to buy in anyway. Yeah, there are male so, coaches, do. right?
1: There so many times a coach comes in. and you're like, I'm not listening to this guy, you're right? What is, what is this guy's a G? I don't know what he's talking about. And honestly, that could be the case. Like, honestly, if I was at McNeese State next year, I might do that. <laughs> I was waiting for a way to get this to mention this at some point that Will Wade is the new head coach at McNeese State, right? But hey, but, but make that comparison. If you're a, a, the starting point guard at Georgetown. And they hired Don Staley. You're the starting point guard at McNeese State, and they hire Will Wade. Who do you actually have instant respect for first? Don Staley. Right. What, what has Will Wade ever done? He's never won anything. For He's never won anything. He, for that matter, he didn't play in college. I don't think he played in high school. Maybe <laughs> He's he never, never high won school. anything and bought his best players. Come on, man. Which you can do now, but which you can do now, right. yes. But he's still. But what did he do with him? What's but he he's got him? kind of a laughing stock to a lot of people. And I don't only really bring him up because he did get that new job, and I do think it's funny. But that's a, a really interesting. That's the point, right? Some people are going to walk out a new job. We're not talking about gender here. Just guy walks into a new college coaching job, and players are going to be like, "I know more than this guy." It happens. We've seen it a lot. And, those, and you don't get the buy and those programs fail pretty quickly. Maybe the AD made a bad hire, or maybe there's a bad group of players that are on the team, but one of the other doesn't usually work. You have to hire the coach that immediately can come in. It, Michigan could have hired a coach after John Beeline, and that coach came in, and that didn't immediately earn the respect of the players. Mm-hmm. It could have happened. But you hire Juwan, who's a five guy, is a Michigan guy, has the NBA experience, and he immediately has command respect of the players. Don Staley would have that. I'm not sure there's another coach in women's basketball that could transfer over to the men's I don't and do think that, so. but she could. Female coach. Right. Because Gino and some of the other men's coaches, if you want to stereotype, they probably could have at times. Gino doesn't want to do it now, but 20 years ago, he probably could have taken over the UConn men's team and have commanded that respect. But Don Caley is the one. Yeah. And again, I, I have not heard her express the, the, the desire to... Same, she's not getting you into a steakhouse like in <laughs> D.C. like she does in South Carolina. My dad might be able to get you into the steakhouse in D.C., though. But she, I, I bet you she could. I, well, she's there for a minute. She takes and Georgetown was, to the Final Four? Yeah. That was crazy. She was like, could so be.
0: What, what, you, you guys should go out to eat. She's
1: like, Where, where's the
0: She was like, this this steakhouse over here. She's like, we can't get in there tonight. <laughs> Iris, she literally picked up the phone <laughs> and said, so, hey, I got some people coming by. We walked right in. And it was I mean, it was packed on like a Tuesday night. And man, you walk in, they got the they got the live musician out front and yeah, we're Don Staley's party. I already walked us to a prime table and everything. (laughs) She is she is the 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 whatever the icon in that community. Like there is no coach above her, no public figure, sports figure. Celebrity above her in Columbia, South Carolina, period.
1: It would take Shane Beamer a lot of winning.
0: Nah, he's not
1: close. I was thinking it would take him yeah. a lot of winning to get there. But there. When Spurrier was there, my guess is in his, at his peak, it would have been similar. Because, I mean, he's the ball coach, right? He's the old ball coach. And they were actually winning. But, yeah, she's Queen B. That'd be really interesting. I don't know if my Georgetown and friends. she's super good people. It's, you know what you you
0: know how you um, you get with someone you get with a celebrity, and they give off that celebrity air, and it's like okay, yeah they they are just they are they they're not a regular person and then they act like it. That's you, not her.
1: And you know Sam, that's not going to be a problem coming up on uh, Thursday at one o'clock at Frazier's either, because you are a normal person.
0: <laughs> I will always be will always be. And he's be. happy to
1: take any beer you send his way.
0: I am. I'm happy to take suggestions. So what is Ira talking about? Yes, the beer tour is back. Unfortunately, it's not nec- it's not tied to uh it's not tied to any of my teams. You know, it would been great. It's just tied
1: to watching the greatest day of sports, one of the two greatest days of sports there is. It is, man. I mean, as much as I love
0: college football, as much as the Super Bowl is a spectacle, there's just nothing like the opening round of the NCAA tournament. It's just, it's like a holiday, man. The, the mood, the spirit that you get in, even if you don't have a team in it, you have a vested interest because you you do the brackets. It's just like college basketball in it's wall-to-wall action. And that special time of year, you feel like we should still commemorate it with a beer tour stop. So I'm inviting you to join me for a very special March hoops watch party brought to you by my friends at Bell's Two and Ale. I'll be live at Frazier's Pub sampling craft beer with you and kicking off the hoops action this Thursday. Now the basketball tips off at noon. I will be there starting at 1. And Frazier's Pub is the best place to watch games. Plenty of big screen TVs, great food, great beer. So join me. You know, I'm gonna have to hop some. I'm gonna start out with a flight like I always do. But you know, part of that is gonna be hop slamming. If you have something that you think can rival it, I'm willing to try it. Now, you know, I'm gonna have my hard cider too. I always do that in the first half, so by the time we get through the second half, I'm I'm fine. That's my my routine. So come on out, join, join me. Enjoy the hoops action. Enjoy the great craft beer brought to you by Bell's Two Hearted Ale. And again, that's at Fraser's Pub, 2045 Packard, right here in Ann Arbor. Starting at 1 o'clock on Thursday. That's going to do it for us here today, folks. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050. WTK, the ticket, the official voice of University of Michigan Sports. Ever, you listen.